from the studios at WMFE in Orlando, Florida. This is the Space Exploration Podcast that asks the question, are we there yet? Hi, I'm Brendan Byrne. Mary Liz Bender and Ryan Chalinski didn't know it at the time, but they were both embarking on a similar mission, selling all their stuff, hopping in a camper, and touring the country documenting the latest space events. The two met, and once they realized they were doing the same thing, joined up to crisscross the nation in their modified camper, collecting videos and photos from rocket launches, composing music inspired by the energy at these events, and leading the outreach effort to get more people interested in space. The couple is launching their latest project, Guidance Internal. It's a Kickstarter campaign for a book and documentary looking at how astronauts are inspired by the cosmos. Mary Liz and Ryan join us now to talk about their mission so far. Thanks for speaking with us. Thank you so much. So the Kickstarter launched. Um, It's a very interesting project, and I do want to talk about it. But before that, you both have a unique story as to how you met each other to work on this project together. Um, Mary Liz, maybe you can start us off with how you guys met. Oh, boy, that's a big (laughs) one. So um, long story, but I was a touring musician for four and a half years. And then at some point, my band decided to stop touring so often. Um, I couldn't handle sitting still in Louisville, Kentucky. So I ended up selling my home, all of my possessions, and hitting the road to take space on tour. That's what I wanted to do. Okay. So I headed out with that mission, uh, went down to Florida to visit with family, and then naturally gravitated to Kennedy Space Center, obviously, to start documenting what's going on there. And in doing so, I, I met this guy not long after having landed there. Um, and we were sitting at a table. And I was trying to explain to everybody, all of the space journalists who were having lunch with us, what I was doing. And they're like, who are you? You just came out of nowhere. I said, well, uh, I'm taking space on tour, um, inspired by the tour I just did with music. And now I want to do this. And I was showing them sketches of my van that I would eventually have. I was going to have the NASA Astro Van, you Mm -hmm. know, and it was going to, you know, pump data to NASA about, you know, the particles and wherever I was. And so I had this master plan laid out. And they said, my gosh, this is so unique. I've never heard of anything like this. No one's doing anything like that. And I said, yeah, I know. I've done research. No one's doing anything like this. (laughs) And suddenly this guy pops out from nowhere, from behind a human and (laughs) says, hi, yeah, your your idea is really unique. and, And it's awesome. I love it. I, too... I am traveling the country, <laughs> telling people about space exploration, but he's he was doing it through beautiful time-lapse photography. Mm-hmm. I'll let him tell you about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, then I start to look through his Instagram feed, and it's instant connection. We're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that there's another crazy person mm-hmm. that's living full-time on the road taking space on tour. Mm-hmm. Ryan, so you, you similar backstory, you sold all your belongings yeah, and got on the road. Yes, uh, amazingly enough, sure. Um, so I, um, I was working corporate IT uh, for a long time, and uh, time-lapse photography had always been a, a passion of mine. Basically started blogging about it, started teaching folks about it, ended up writing a, a book on the subject, and that kind of became the catalyst for a greater adventure, including travel. So I was able to sell all my things kind of work remotely for a small period of time with my old job, but then kind of transition fully into photography education and um, dark sky photography, and then eventually got linked up with a news organization covering space launch events. But actually, I should rewind. Um, 
there's a program called NASA Social uh, that I had an opportunity to attend uh, two years prior to hitting the road. And that, that was my first experience at NASA at, at a rocket launch. Right. And NASA Social invites uh, social media people, not folks that are working in the news media, yes. to do the same thing that news media does. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It's a, it's a really exciting, fun program. Um, a lot of my friends have, have attended one of them. And and uh, it's it's amazing to see the the folks that they uh, they invite out because they're just from all all backgrounds, all specialties, um, and with with a a great diverse audience too, which is which is really fun. And uh, so I I, I had a, a chance to attend the CRS five mission, and that just changed my whole life. It was such a transformative experience, not only to set up cameras there, but of course to witness the launch at. Uh, to be that close to feel the rumble in my chest, so I, I spent the next two years kind of redesigning my my life, making the changes gradually, then eventually just kind of busting through that last bit of fear, selling everything, uh, getting the the Capri camper, and then then hitting the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, now I met you two um, covering a, a story for WMFE. I was out at the press site and. We all know when you guys are there covering a story because of your iconic camper. <laughs> can, you, can you tell me a bit about yeah, where that came sure. from? Sure. So this, this is Voyager 3. Okay. It's my personal version of Carl Sagan's Ship of the Imagination. Um, it's, a, it's a Capri truck camper that I've made some modifications to. I've added a solar system to it. I've added a battery system. So it, it's got a, a beautiful off-the-grid capability to it. And it, it's very small. But the way it's designed and the interior, it, it just it feels good. Um, so it, it doesn't feel like like a small small place to live. So we're we're really into um, minimalism. There, there was a transition process, but that has become a beautiful part of of our our lives and allowed for uh, for myself and then us to to, to stay together in it. Um, and yeah, it's small, so we can go anywhere. I can park anywhere overnight. It doesn't really bring a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, other than when it's in the middle when, of when a parking middle, lot, <laughs> in the middle of a parking lot at NASA. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a it's been a beautiful adventure and allowed me to to go to these places and then stay there mm-hmm. um, and and be there and kind of absorb them and immerse myself in them and 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 chase rocket launches. Yeah. Mary Liz, obviously this journey taking space on tour is taking you to the Kennedy Space Center because we have crossed paths there many times. But Mm -hmm. where else has this journey taken you uh, across the country? Oh, my gosh. Um, So honestly, I I started at Kennedy Space Center fully intending to immediately take off and do this whole cross-country tour where I stop at all of the space destinations along the way. Uh, Roden Crater, there are so many different places that we're actually about to hit. Mm-hmm. We're about to do this finally. Um, but I, I totally got stuck at Kennedy Space Center for a while because I realized the magic that's happening all the time. I really didn't understand, even though I was such a space fan, I did not understand how many launches were occurring. And this is such a beautiful bubble. So I immersed myself here, stayed here for a while. And then at some point last year, um, I guess it was summer of last year. Is that right? We we actually took off. I, I went to L.A. to uh, finish up an album with my band. And then he and I met up. We went to Burning Man. 
And we actually built, we helped with our team build uh, an observatory in the middle of Burning Man and showed people the rings of Saturn. And uh, we hosted people like Alex Filipenko, amazing physicists. So we did a lot of outreach there. And that was totally unexpected. Then we went from there to L.A. and we hit all the spots in and around L.A. Uh, We were constantly at Vandenberg Air Force Base covering all of those launches. Uh, Finally got to see Mount Wilson. Oh, my gosh. I fell in love. Um, But other than that, you know, we just we really hit those two locations and stuck to them. And now we're about to do the whole Mm -hmm. actual tour. I'm so excited because my initial idea was that I was going to be doing this alone. I was totally, totally cool with it. You know, I was like, I'm going to do this thing Mm -hmm. alone. Now I'm like, oh, this is so much better. This is so much bigger. I get to share this with someone and his perspective makes the outreach so much better. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited. Ryan, one of the things that I've learned um, kind of covering this beat for the short time that I have is that astrophotography and especially rocket photography is this – you need to have this unique combination of both, um, you know, the creative eye and the creative brain, but Mm -hmm. also this incredibly – incredible knowledge of technical detail because capturing these remote shots is not easy – and watching you work a few launches ago, you kicked it up to 11, and you've got these, you know, high-speed cameras out there on yeah. these car battery rigs. I mean, mm-hmm. tell me about the technical side of things that goes into it, and then sure. how do you make it so beautiful at the same time? Yeah, um, well, I mean, altered perception is is just a, a deep love of mine, um, pushing that, that edge through. Uh, it started with just high-dynamic um, single-frame photography. And getting the exposure right where we can see that the detail of the flame in the engine and the um, uh, the, the scene around the rocket, the launch pad, the, the plume, um, and then that just quickly evolved into let's let's push this further. Let's 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 see what actually is taking place as if we could slow slow time as as, as if we could almost pause time. So um, yeah, I had an opportunity to experiment with some high speed cameras. And uh, a lot of these, um, uh, a lot of the things I bring out are just not designed for these types of environments, and they're they're um, designed to be a, a studio type type camera, or they're just designed to be inter- uh, interacted by uh, a human like like normal. And of course, none of that can can happen at these these launch pads. So it requires a lot of DIY work, a lot of experimentation, uh, car batteries, solar panels, uh, because we we get about a an eight to maybe 12 hour um uh, opportunity in, in in advance of the launch to set up the cameras so they have to survive that, that long stay powered and t- sometimes there's a scrub as well or a delay in the launch that requires the cameras to stay active for an additional 24 hours so massive amounts of power and then triggering is another issue of course because a lot of times there's a um uh, an extended window where you don't actually know you when know time. A- right, exactly yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, often sound triggers are, are used. Um, sometimes I can get away with, um, uh, uh, timers and just record for the entire launch period. So the sound triggers will hit once a certain decibel level hits when the engine is exactly. rolling or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, in, in the, the case of the slow motion cameras, when a sound is detected, then I, um, it, it basically tells them to stop overwriting themselves and, and write what they've just recorded to a memory card instead. So it's kind of on a oh. continuous loop. 
uh, type cycle. And so, it's important to note, you're not talking to your equipment at all. No, it's totally autonomous, a- absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. Fully yeah. autonomous, um, yeah, set up well ahead of the launch, and no humans can be anywhere near uh, the launch pad when, when uh, you know, uh, when, when we're nearing a launch. Mm-hmm. So. And yeah. no one has done what you've done, right? You're kind of <laughs> making this up, yeah, as you go, um, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, 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 uh, no one really from the civilian side mm-hmm. has has uh, experimented with this. Um, I, I know some of the launch providers have high speed cameras in in, in action for um, uh, re- recording purposes, but that it just it's it's not uh, often released. So yeah, being able to record this to share it with people to blend it with. A behind-the-scenes view is so exciting as well. So I, I, I take people with us to the launch pads. They can see us setting up these cameras. Uh, they, they can kind of see what that, that, that launch pad experience is like. And then mixing it with music and the scientists that we interview at the launches, um, the uh, representatives from NASA that are speaking at the launches, uh, the representatives from SpaceX who provide commentary about what is what is happening just mm-hmm. mixes all together to create an emotional um, impact mm-hmm. that, that, that we we strive to do. And I will say, from firsthand experience, watching you set that up for the past Falcon Heavy, yeah. I don't even know if you remember I was on the same bus <laughs> with you. You were so busy. It, it is a blur sometimes. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of adrenaline um, because uh, we, we really don't get much time no, to no, set up at just, each location. It's, like, it's what, 15 it's minutes 10 or minutes, something. 15 yeah. minutes. Um, so there's, uh, you know, everything has to go from a backpack type setup to a, a weather survivable uh, uh, rocket launch vibration survivable uh, uh, you know tripod position in just a few minutes so yeah a lot a lot of adrenaline trying to set up as much as I can in that in that time and then once we're called back on the buses to leave there's there's nothing else we can do so you just kind of have to let it all go mm-hmm. and uh, you know you'll you'll be at the launch later that evening. And then they'll bus you out uh, the next morning to pick up your camera. So you're still kind of wondering, did I set everything up right? Did they trigger properly? Um, and then, yeah, that, that that first moment reviewing the back of the camera on the bus or when, when I get, get back to my laptop is unlike anything else. It is, um, it is an amazing, transformative, uh, satisfying or agonizing experience in, in all senses of those words. Is it mostly, uh, I mean, what's your success rate, would you say? 50%? Is that a good day, 50%? Uh, sure. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm working to uh, to get, you know, in the upper ranges of that. But, um, yeah, it, it's been a lot of a lot of testing, a lot of uh, DIY, a lot of failures, and just learning. So um, if something doesn't work out or, you know, as it has in the past, as I've innovated and had to keep keep designing new things. Um, there is that, that, that agony of, of realizing that, you know, something didn't work. The weather was, was too intense. Um, something wasn't, uh, wasn't set up properly, but then it, it's immediately understanding what went, what went wrong and designing the next, the next iteration, the, the next version of these cameras to go out to the next pad. So it, it's a quick process and immediately I'm overwhelmed with the, uh, the curiosity and the excitement for the next launch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mary Liz, talk to me a little bit about guidance internal lessons from astronauts. What, what's the project all about? Oh, my gosh. So basically, um, it's awesome to talk to you, and you're bringing the story to all these people. We're wanting to do that more and more. Uh, like I said, I always feel so incredible to be at the forefront of space exploration, divided by a body of water. And that's the only thing that separates us from this rocket. I want to bring everyone there. We both, that's all the work that we've ever tried to do. And 
this is just a major evolution of that idea. So we kept thinking, how can we really transport people to these moments, these profound moments of awe? That's all we want to do. And we'd love to eventually get them there. But like, can we lure them out? Can we somehow give them a window into this experience? And so um, we have been doing a touring show called Guidance Internal, where we talk about our experiences. We show his beautiful space science documentaries he's talked about. Um, And those are wonderful. That's part of this project. But we took it even further. Uh, We have an augmented reality book that we're creating. It's so awesome because the pages of the book, it's a visually stunning, kind of like a coffee table book, beautiful pictures that he's taken of these rockets and, and the dark skies. And when you use your phone to look at these images, suddenly they come to life. And they transport you directly to the launch related to that photograph. Um, so that is that is the main uh, product that, that's coming out of this Kickstarter. And additionally, we've been working on a short film. And uh, that's going to be another outcome of this project. And then, like I said, we're touring the country. So we're going to meet people in their communities where they are and tell our story mm-hmm. and hopefully mm-hmm. inspire people to come out and... Mm-hmm. experience this stuff with us. One of the people that you've interviewed for the documentary is Story Musgrave, mm-hmm. and he's been on this podcast before, and I've had the opportunity ah. to talk with him. Um, and one of the things that, that I find so profound about Story is, you know, he was the one who helped fix the Hubble Space Telescope, mm-hmm. which I think had a huge impact in getting me interested in this field, the images that came from, from Hubble. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about how technology like the Hubble Space Telescope, like augmented reality, is kind of helping us tell these stories um, and getting them, as you mentioned, into more hands and in front of more people. Ryan, does it make it, does it, make it easier? Is it more of a challenge with all this technology? No. Um, well, it, 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 it's a mix of both, um, but um, the uh, knowledge gap to understand the technology is, is um, uh, quickly shrinking, um, but it, it allows us to mix media forms in new ways and, and really provide a, a multi-sensory type experience and allows us to see things that we wouldn't be able to see before. So the, the slow motion um, photography, the, uh, the dynamic range of the cameras that, that exist out there, um, being able to see things in new ways, it, it kind of gives us pause. It's a moment of awe. It, it changes our, our perspective of things. And that changes how we view the world. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's happened in, in our lives, and it's, it's, it's something that we hope to inspire in the work that we do. Um, it, it, just, it gives you pause. It, it gives you a new sense of what, what reality is. And it kind of changes what you might find meaningful in your life, kind of gives you a longer-term view of things, less, of a, less, less short-term uh, thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And if I may... Um, One of my favorite parts about the story that we've been telling and the story that we'll tell in this book is that intellectually, we know that we're floating in space, right? Earth is just a giant spaceship and we're all crewmates on this thing. But astronauts go to space and they actually witness it with their own senses, all of the senses, not just their eyes, the way that we do with telescopes and so forth. 
So uh, in the book, The Overview Effect by author Frank White, I love the line where he says, we know this intellectually, they know it experientially. And so what we're hoping to do is use this technology just as a tool to lure people out. That's that's what it is. It's a beautiful tool. The tools are getting better. It's enticing way more people out the door. But it is no substitute for the actual experience. So that's that's what I'm I'm very excited to mm-hmm. do with this. Now the the Kickstarter has a goal of forty two thousand dollars. If anyone's a Douglas Adams fan, they'll understand that. <laughs> um, and it's it's an all or nothing Kickstarter. That that's a big gamble. Um, Huge. Are you optimistic that that there'll be enough support for this? Have to be. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we are. Well, you know. We go into things without any fear. And and there were moments of fear when we discussed this. But we said, you know what? We could try the whole tactic where people tell you to uh, ask for a third of what you need so that you reach your goal soon. And then you can say, hey, we already reached our goal. Now we've got all these stretch goals. And we hope to do that. Uh, and we do believe that there is a chance to do that if we get the word out there. That's the kicker. But um, we wanted to ask for what we really, really needed. And we really believe in this project, and we just thought, let's go for it. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. It's an experiment. If it if we don't get enough, then we've built a community, and we're gonna we're gonna do this stuff. We're gonna find a way to do this anyway. Um, but we're really hopeful that we can get a community of people that are crowdfunding this thing that can be so excited about the end result with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll leave you both with this final question, Ryan. I'll start with you. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the one thing you want people to take away from? from this project, Guidance Internal. Mm, yeah, um, that uh, the amazing things that, that we're actually doing, that, that humans are actually uh, achieving, um, there's uh, often a lot of, lot of pessimism, uh, a lot of uh, doubt about where we're going, about the level of progress, about um, the current uh, state of, of space exploration. And that's just not, that, that's not the case. That's not what actually is, is happening. So, if, if we can do a small part to show people what, what is actually happening here in Florida and in California and across the country, if we can bring the voices of the scientists that are sending missions to space, the engineers, uh, the artists that are, that are inspired by these events, if we can lift those voices, um, then, then, then we think that, that we can create a more, uh, more optimistic uh, culture. Mary Liz? Yeah, I actually um, obviously totally agree. And additionally, what I hope people take away is a very personal experience and lesson. So on a global scale, we say that our mission is to inspire hope, elevate empathy, and bring people together. That is the goal, but I'm hopeful that we can start with one individual at a time. And I hope to do that just by telling my own story, uh, which is long. We could have a whole nother episode <laughs> on that someday. But I just want people to know that I, I, I was in a very rough place for a very long time. And this stuff is what lured me out. It lured me out, got me out of my own minute problems and into thinking about bigger things, which got my brain off of that stuff. And then I began my search for meaning, which is something that we talk about a lot. So I'm hopeful that people realize that if I can make it here, anybody can make it here. And I just, I want to help people get there. 
We've been speaking with Mary Liz Bender and Ryan Chalinski. They are photographers, filmmakers, musicians, um, we'll just say communicators to catch it all right, (laughs) Uh, and just launched a Kickstarter for their new project, Guidance Internal Lessons from Astronauts. Uh, Mary Liz, Ryan, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you so much, much. Brendan. Awesome. (laughs) Well, that's going to do it for this episode. The conversation continues online. You can follow us on Facebook, search for Are We There Yet? Podcast. Or you can send us a tweet. We're at A-W-T-Y Mars. Are we there yet, Mars? Get it? Or if you have a story, idea, or guest pitch, send me an email. Are we there yet? At WMFE.org. This podcast is a production of WMFE. Our theme music was composed by Kevin McLeod. More space news online at WMFE.org slash space. Until next time, I'm Brendan Byrne. Thanks for listening. <laughs>